You're listening to a podcast from Washington Post Live, bringing the Post's newsroom to life on stage. Evan McMullen, the former chief policy director for the House Republican Conference and a 2016 presidential candidate, joins the Post to discuss the future of the Republican Party. Let's listen. Hey, good afternoon, everyone. Welcome to the Washington Post Live. I'm Jackie Alamany, author of the Washington Post early morning newsletter, Power Up. Today's program is called Transfer of Power, the Future of the Republican Party, Fracture or Faction. My guest I'm thrilled to welcome today is Evan McMullen. He's a former independent presidential candidate, ran against President Trump in 2016, a former policy director for the Republican House Caucus, and he was a clandestine operations officer running counterterrorism and traditional intelligence operations for the CIA. Evan, thanks so much for joining us today. I'm thrilled to introduce you. Uh, Today, you're on the front lines fighting for the future of the Republican Party. McMullen, along with two other colleagues, organized a summit this month to charter the next steps of the GOP. Evan, welcome. Let's get right into it. Tell me a little bit about this summit. Yeah, well, on the 5th, we organized a a gathering which was admittedly intended to be private uh, to, to begin a discussion about what was needed to either correct the direction of of the Republican Party uh, or to challenge it directly. We gathered uh, former officials from the Trump administration, from the two Bush administrations, and from the Reagan administration, as well as others, uh, some in elected office, some recently in elected office, uh, leading commentators and strategists on the Republican side, uh, a number of very well-known uh, Republicans, uh, well-known in the country, to discuss to discuss this question, and and there were various opinions, obviously, but we took a straw poll, and forty uh, percent said that they thought a new party was necessary because the GOP was not going to change its course, and and we could not impact that anytime soon. And then 43% thought it should be a faction that worked to change the direction of the GOP. And then there was some discussion among the 43% of the the faction people about whether uh, whether such a faction would work just within the GOP as the Tea Party did, trying to advance its candidates through the primaries, but then ultimately supporting the Republican candidate no matter who it was, or if it should be more independent, meaning that Uh, We would work to protect good Republicans committed to truth, democracy, founding principles, uh, but also oppose extremists within the party. And if it came down to, in a general election, someone who, a Republican who was an extremist versus a unifying Democrat, then in that case, these, these people, these participants thought we should support the unifying Democrat. And so since since that meeting became a, a, a public or became publicly known, it leaked. Uh, our private discussion has become a public one, and, and that's okay. We consider, uh, as we consider this question now openly, uh, but our own private discussions have continued and, and only intensified. And, and I think with uh, the, the vote in the Senate by uh, uh, the vast majority of Republicans to protect President Trump, um, our sense of urgency about the need for, for something new in some capacity has only strengthened. Yeah, that, that was going to be my next question. You know, what, what was the impetus for this initial meeting? Was this a post-January 6th idea or was this something that had already been marinating prior to the insurrection that we saw at the Capitol? Well, look, I, I think many of us who have been fighting for a new direction uh, for the Republican Party for years now, 
hoped that the election would have that impact and that there would have been oxygen after uh, what we hoped would be a, a loss for President Trump. Uh, those of us who were then fighting, uh, you know, part of this uh, effort uh, during the last four or five years. But the reality is the election didn't result in that. Uh, President Trump earned 74 million votes, and, and so the party was still aligned behind him. But the insurrection on the 6th changed a lot of people's minds. I mean, not enough to change the direction of the Republican Party immediately, uh, but you know, we went from 10 to 15 percent of, of the party who desire a new direction for it to 25 to 30 percent of the party, which for us is a significant step forward and uh, represents an opportunity to now have this debate within the party uh, about where it should go. And, and you, you see it playing out even in Congress on the House side with Lynn Cheney and, and Adam Kinzinger, obviously, and, and others leading an effort uh, to, uh, to, to change course. And then in the Senate, you have even Mitch McConnell saying that he's willing to back uh, or, or to challenge rather um, uh, extremist Republican candidates, even if they're supported by the former president. So there's an opportunity for a discussion, but I think the impetus for the our, our gathering on the 5th uh, was building for a long time, but really triggered by the insurrection that, uh, that changed a lot of people's views about what the party needs to be going forward. So ultimately has the results of the impeachment trial, which actually was the most bipartisan impeachment trial in American history, with seven Republicans crossing party lines to vote to convict President Trump, the former president. How has that swayed your perspective on whether or not this, is, this fight needs to be done from within the GOP versus creating a new party and going outside of, of the Republican Party in order to um, sort of stop the extremism and the information crisis that we're seeing spread throughout the Republican Party. Right. So as you point out, Jackie, I think there is reason for optimism and pessimism at the same time. Of course, uh, if you're a pessimist or, or uh, one, one reason to look at things pessimistically is that the vast majority of Republicans in the Senate uh, could not hold someone, a president, a former president who had led a violent insurrection against the government to overturn an election, uh, a, a failed coup, which is what it was, e even then they couldn't hold him accountable and, and hid behind a procedural fig leaf uh, in order to avoid, uh, I thought, fulfilling their oaths. But, uh, but then the reason for optimism is that, uh, as you point out, a historically large number uh, rose to, uh, to hold accountable someone of their own party, a former president, in those seven and and that shows you know that shows us that that i think that reflects the fact that a, a third to a fourth to a third of the party wants a new direction for it and you so you sort of see that um emerging in congress reflecting where an element of the base is still very very difficult obviously the president is still con in control of the party and many of those senators those seven have been sanctioned by their uh, by their state parties, not all of them, but but a, a number of them, and so you know there's reason for optimism and pessimism. But I think that 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 is uh, you know uh, that tells you where we are with this, where you know there is a debate, uh, a struggle within the Republican Party for its direction, and and to answer your question about whether it should be from within or without, 
I don't think it's either or actually. And I think the, the more our discussions continue with this group from the fifth, uh, the more I'm, I'm thinking and I think others are thinking that it probably needs to be both. We need to support the Republicans who are, uh, main, who are upholding their oaths, who are committed to truth and speaking truth to, to their constituents, to the Republican base and to the country. Uh, we, we need to protect those, those members who are, are defending the Constitution. But at the same time, we can't let our defense of them get in the way of uh, or prevent us from standing up to Republicans who would do harm to the country and to the Constitution. And so uh, I think it needs to be both. And I, I think we need to support these uh, Republicans, these honorable Republicans, and we need to challenge those who would like to take the party in a, in a, new, or in a, in a more extreme direction, the one that uh, I think it's on now. So from from what you're saying, I'm sort of gathering that you're potentially leaning away from starting an ent entirely separate third party. Well, I, I think the, the way I see it, and, and again, I'm just one of us and, uh, you know, we co-hosted the events, my organization that I co-lead with with Mindy Finn. Uh, we we co-hosted the event. Uh, Stand Up Republic is our organization. And, and, and we were with a repair, which is led by Miles Taylor and Principles First, a conservative grassroots organization. Uh, this conversation involves, uh, you know, many people obviously now, and, and and many more have joined us even since our gathering on the fifth. Um, but I'll share my personal view, and I think uh, a view that's developing among us, and that is that, you know, we should be a, a national faction with its own identity. Uh, and and our own declaration of, of principles and, and positions on policies, we should urge the Republican Party to uh, to take uh, such a direction. Uh, but in some states where it's advantageous to do so and uh, and 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 possible to do so, uh, we may indeed organize officially as a party more formally. Uh, because of the way our system works, it's it's not an either or. In some places, it may make sense for us to organize in such a way, in other ways. But but at the very least, we, I, I think we should be uh, a national uh, uh, group, an alliance, a faction that stands uh, for truth, for our democracy, uh, for evidence-based policymaking, uh, and that is positioned broadly on the center right. They can compete for votes within the Republican Party and in the independent space and even on the center left. So have you discussed a potential presidential candidate for 2024? I imagine you'd need to put forth someone who's already pretty well established and has, you know, a pretty high name ID in order to, to be competitive in, in this sort of day and age. I think so, but but look, the way I would, it's important to note that the, the way we think of ourselves is still a part of the cross-partisan democracy movement in the United States. That, that movement supported the defeat of Donald Trump and the election of President Biden. Um, we, are, uh, we are going to continue, no matter what we do, to be part of that cross-partisan coalition. There's just no other way about it. That is what matters most, that we protect the republic from a rise in in, uh, in extremism, and in, in particular, we're talking about that of the far right. So we'll continue to play that role. I'm not sure you know, whether we're a, a, a faction with our own political identity, a movement, an alliance, whatever we end up calling it. 
Uh, I'm not sure that we would run our own presidential candidate. Uh, That might not be advantageous to do. It might not be in the best interest of the country, and we may not do it. Uh, but I do think that we would run our own candidates uh, in, you know, probably through the, the Republican primary process and as independents. Potentially, there could be some Democrats, um, but under our under our banner. But, uh, you know, as far as running a presidential candidate, um, I, I'm not sure that would be the best thing for us or, or for the country. We think more in terms of congressional races and uh, and, and other state state level races. Uh, and and you yourself once ran for president in 2016, um, but you've long sort of teased the idea of leaving the Republican Party um, in 2016. You encourage Republicans to abandon the party. Uh, you've long promised to bring about a new conservative movement, but then, you know, again, didn't ultimately leave the party. Why did you decide uh, to stay in the GOP? Well, I I don't know that I've actually made a decision on whether to stay in the GOP or not. You know, I've always been very independently minded, always committed to ideas. Uh, I've got a religion and a family, so I've I've never looked at my political but you're, party. You're still a registered Republican. I yes. I am a registered Republican, but I re- I registered as a Republican in October of of uh, of last year uh, or the year before, uh, and that was. Uh, be, uh, that was as a part of uh, you know my continued consideration of of pursuing public office again and thinking about what might be the best way to offer leadership, which is a whole other topic. But as far as my commitment to the party, I mean, I just have to say I'm I'm committed to the country first. I'm committed to founding American uh, ideals I, that I think are essential to our prosperity and security. I, I really do. It's not a platitude. It's I really do think that a, a major source of our strength as a country comes from our ideals. And when we and I could talk more practically about that perhaps another time. But when we abandon our deals, the, our ideals, the country suffers. And and so I'm committed to those things. I'm committed to our democracy and for heaven's sakes, truth. And so that's what guides me. I, I think there's a lot of um, there's a lot of flux in, in the ideological spectrum, but more importantly, between parties, people leaving parties, people switching parties. And so um, we're all trying to, to figure out figure out where we fit in all of this. But this is part this is part of the reason why those of us who are, are talking about what's needed for the future are talking about something new because we don't feel well represented by the Republican Party. Um, we're not natural Democrats. Uh, and but we want to be a part of something and we want to make sure that our voices are heard in the process and that we do our part to protect the republic. And so uh, so I, I don't as far as where I will be, whether I will be a long term independent or uh, registered as a Republican, I, I see that more of a more of a. Um, you know, a tactical de- decision rather than a statement of my um, allegiance to uh, a political party. I'm, I'm always going to be committed more to the country and, and to our ideals. And you had mentioned that you, you know, your efforts leading up to 20, uh, 20 what, what year is it, leading up to 2020 um, and helping to get Joe Biden elected and, and get Donald Trump out of office. Were you involved with the Lincoln Project at all, the organization that's recently been embroiled with scandal for mismanaging their funds and uh, you know, having a, 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 a 
scandal with sexual harassment. Uh, John Weaver, one of the co-founders, was has been accused of uh, sexually harassing underage men. I'm not a part of the Lincoln Project. I've been leading with Mindy Finn, the 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 organization that that we founded in 2017, Stand Up Republic, and our mission has been to unite Republicans, Democrats, and Independents around founding American ideals and to protect our democracy and to advance uh, political and electoral reforms that strengthen it. And and that's what we've been busy doing, building bridges, and and we've done it with great effect. And we've we've been able to. Uh, defeat. We played a major role in defeating Steve King, who was, of course, a Republican in the House, was who was openly uh, white supremacist. We played a, a major role in in replacing Dana Rohrabacher. Uh, we played a major role against Roy Moore in Alabama and and other extremists uh, in in an attempt to again. Um, uh, protect the Republican Party from these darker forces and the country. But that's that's the work that we've been engaged in. But it's been, you know, it's it's been about uh, uh, about uniting people across the political spectrum uh, around a vision guided by our founding ideals. And what what has the response to the news of the this Zoom call with? Um, Republican, uh, you know, establishment Republicans um, since it's it's leaked into the media. Has it been well received? Um, have you raised any money off of it? Yeah, it's been very, very well received. And and really, uh, you know, again, it was intended to be a private discussion. And, and now that discussion is very public and that's fine. Perhaps it should be that way. Uh, but yes, I mean, it, it, we've received an immense amount of outreach from donors, as you mentioned, also from grassroots, former members of Congress who, who weren't on the, uh, you know, in, in the meeting, but who want to be involved. I mean, it, it's really been an incredible organic response that has, has uh, very much encouraged us. Uh, any dollar figure you can share with us about how much you raised in, in the aftermath of those headlines? No, no, I don't. I don't want to do that. But, but I, I, I will say that there is clearly a a great deal of interest among all important stakeholders about the need for something new, and and it's different among you know different sets of stakeholders. Uh, but they include people in Congress, uh, in both chambers. They include uh, you know uh, philanthropists. They include grassroots. They include political professionals of a variety of Republican administrations. I mean, it's it's really been an incredible response. And, and you know, we need to, we're continuing to have these discussions, but uh, as planned uh, privately, as well as now publicly, but, you know, we're also building and, and we'll continue to do that. Uh, and it was interesting when we announced that we were going to be interviewing you today, a few of my Trump White House sources reached out to me to express frustration uh, with your platform and your your plan to, you know, take the Republican Party past Trump, um, one person said to me, "This guy doesn't speak for the GOP." What's your response to that? And and you know, why is there do you think such bad blood between you and the Trump White House? Have you had any interactions with them since you started to take them on in 2016? Well, I think the, the re if if there's bad blood, I mean, I, I have no uh, ill will or or malice uh, to them. I, I I hope to persuade them to 
to my side of this uh, still, and, and we'll continue to work for that. Um, obviously, I challenged them as an independent conservative in 2016, and, and uh, I, they didn't, nor did President Trump appreciate that. So I, I understand their, their views. And as far as my not speaking for the Republican Party, I certainly haven't made that claim. And, and in fact, they're, they're right. I don't speak for the Republican Party. Um, if anyone speaks for the Republican Party in its direction now, it's more on their side than, than mine. But I would like to change that. And I would like to, to persuade them that indeed a new direction is necessary. Uh, and by the way, it's not a litmus test for us uh, whether you supported Trump or not in the past. We had many people, by the way, on the in our gathering on the 5th and who have joined our conversation since who had supported Trump in the past, even in the last election. Um, but the insurrection led those people to realize that a new direction was necessary. And so we invite all Republicans, whether you supported Trump or not, whether you were in the administration even or not, uh, if you believe that now a new direction is necessary, that we must recommit to our founding ideals, to truth, and to uh, the interests of, of our republic uh, over the interests of our party, uh, then we welcome you to join us. Uh, and, and many, in fact, are, and that's very encouraging. And I apologize. I have a, a barking puppy. If you if you hear someone barking, that's not me. I promise. Um, but uh, I, uh, what does that new direction look like exactly? Like, how do the policies of you know your conservative movement and and where that's going vary from what we're seeing um, right now in in Trump's Republican Party? Yeah, well, first of all, we would be we would be positioned on the center right. We we asked those who participated in the call on on the fifth uh, where they they thought anything we do should be positioned. Excuse me, on the ideological spectrum, and the vast majority of participants thought we should be positioned on the center right, which makes all the sense in the world. So, I, I think you would see a, a you know you would see a vision for the party and for the country. Uh, that was inclusive of uh, a variety of types of Americans. We would define America not by where our founders or our current citizens were born or their color of their skin, uh, but rather by uh, our ideals and our commitment to our ideals. Um, we would be evidence-based policymakers in, instead of being led blindly by rote ideological uh, thinking we would look at facts and and reason and and evaluate data and making decisions about where we stand on on policy matters. We would recognize the reality of of climate change and and seek to uh, to reverse it. Um, we would uh, favor a thriving economy where uh, where you know we, we we turn away from the cronyism of of the traditional uh, now Republican Party and towards opportunity for all. Uh, we would, uh, we would uh, certainly acknowledge the, the national obligation to ensure that everyone has access to affordable quality care, um, but at the same time desiring that as much as their government needs to play a role in that, we, would, we, we want to protect the, the private uh, portion of, of our healthcare system. Um, we would we would be a, a country that would uh, see the value, recognize the value, and embrace the value of of immigration, and uh, you know favoring certainly reforms to it, and and open to those, 
uh, but as a first step, acknowledging the value that immigrants bring to our country and um, and 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 favoring humane, sensible solutions uh, and and new policies in that realm that uh, that serve the interests of the country. Um, we could go on. I mean, foreign on foreign policy, I think we would we would uh, support uh, the the role of America, the leadership role of of America in the world, uh, but we would also advocate for. Um, for that uh, leadership to be prudent and restrained, um, those are a few a few things. But I think broadly we would we would be positioned on the center right. Um, we would be focused on protecting the republic. We would be focused on our constitutional order, making sure we're shoring that up, supporting that. Uh, we would be focused very much on 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 the strength of of our self government very fundamental issues that are now uh, at risk. And, and I think we've had a tendency, Republicans have over the last four to five years to discount those issues, the constitution, separation of powers, these independence of, of the courts, these kinds of things. We've had a tendency uh, in the Republican party to discount those and to look at, at other policy issues that were important for many Republicans and to prioritize those at the expense of the health of the Republic. Uh, we reject that notion and, and many of us are focused uh, instead on, on those same policy issues that, that animated the founding of our nation, which were critical to defending liberty in America, namely the constitutional order and all that comes from it. So I think you'll see articulated from us um, a, uh, a a vision and uh, a focus that uh, that is um, uh, you know closely um, aligned with with those more fundamental issues that uh, we think are are at risk right now in the country. Some of those policy positions, though, seem fairly in line with what our new president Joe Biden is doing. Why not just? You know, join the Democratic Party. How, how would you differentiate your beliefs or, or the, you know, the ideological um, focus of a new conservative movement with the Democratic Party? Well, I, I think that, first of all, we need two parties that are committed. If we're going to be a two-party system, and I'd prefer, frankly, that we were a multi-party system, but if we're going to be a two-party system, we have to be two, two parties. We have to have two parties that are committed to truth, committed to our system of self-government, to the constitutional order, all of these things. We can't afford to have one party that is committed to those things and another party that is not. I mean, that is unsustainable and a recipe for disaster for our country. Uh, and so you know, some have suggested that we simply join the Democrats. Um, but our our view is is that someone has to fight for either the direction of the current other uh, major party, the Republican Party, uh, or uh, replace it. Someone has to do that work. Uh, but I do think that there are differences, obviously, between uh, the Democratic Party and where we stand on on issues. We would uh, probably favor stronger defense spending than, than the Democratic Party would. Um, we actually, those of us who are, those among us, actually, we do care about fiscal responsibility. We do care about uh, about paying down our national debt and about not running massive 
uh, deficits during expansionary uh, periods for the country, which is what happened during the, the Trump administration. So I think you'd, you'd see that. I think there are some philosophical differences. I think we would champion personal responsibility. And of course, that's a that's a traditional Republican position. But I think what would be that and that um, that that kind of language or, or philosophy focus can set us apart from from Democrats, but also setting us apart from where the Republican Party is, has gone, especially over the last several years. Um, we acknowledge the role for government to play in, in helping uh, people who are struggling, our, our vulnerable citizens, to um, not only be sustained through hard times, but get back on their feet and, and thrive. Government has a, an important role to play in that. And, uh, and we certainly embrace that. And, and, and that is an example of sort of, of how we would be situated uh, between the two parties. Again, as a separate entity uh, or a faction or whatever it is, uh, you know, we likely would be positioned between the two parties in, in ways like that. And, and I want to squeeze in a few uh, audience questions really quick before we wrap up today. I have a question from Linda King in New Jersey uh, who asks if former President Trump proceeds with forming the Patriot Party, um, that's a potential third party that the president's been toying with, how will the Republican Party be impacted? Well, it would lose probably a, a great deal of, of its uh, base of support. Uh, but I, I think that is actually very unlikely. I know that was threatened, but I think that was more an effort of the former president to keep Republican senators on his side in, in the impeachment trial. And, and I think it worked uh, in, in the most part. But um, look, the, that wing of the party now controls the party. So I, I don't think it has an incentive to go start something new. Uh, frankly, I wish it would. If we can encourage that to happen, uh, then, then I would be all for it. Uh, that would make uh, our work a lot easier, frankly. Um, but I don't think they'll do that, not yet. But we may get to the point, we, if they keep radicalizing and moving down their current path, obviously that's going to create an opportunity for us, a bigger opportunity. The insurrection already created uh, a space for us to, to have this debate. But if they keep radicalizing, the more so they do, the more we're going to have an opportunity to articulate another vision for the Republican Party in the country. And, and, that's, and that's what we'll do. And so, um, but I don't think they're at that point yet because they're still in control of, of the party. Now, this is an important issue. I, I hear some Republicans in the Senate and elsewhere saying, you know, it would be foolish for, for people like us to go do something separate, whether as a party or a, a faction or a, a group of some kind, because then we would re weaken the Republican Party and it would lose elections as a result of that. I think their concern about losing elections is is right. In the short term, uh, this internal struggle for the future of the Republican Party uh, harms its electoral prospects. But that struggle, I think, is caused, and of course this would be my view, but is caused by the uh, the majority of the party now, unfortunately, uh, under the leadership of the foreign, former president, uh, rejecting truth and our constitutional order. And, and that's where this conflict comes from. So we would like unity in the party, certainly, but the only unity worth having in this case is a unity that's committed to truth and, and our democracy. There's just no other way about it. And I think for us in, in, in this group, 
we are 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 willing if if needs be we're willing to to have the republican party suffer some losses through a cycle or two in order to reform it for us it's worth it because right now uh, the party is on a destructive path my goodness it just tried to overturn an election and and it led a violent insurrection against the people i mean it, it's it's hit a dark dangerous place what other option do we have? We're not represented by this party. It needs to reform uh, or it's going to continue to threaten the country. And so we have no other choice, but we're willing for those losses to happen if they need to happen. But what we would rather is simply that the Republican party change, become healthy as soon as possible and, and help lead this country forward. Uh, and Evan, I just want to get in one rapid fire question. You know, if you had three congressional candidates that you want to support ousting, um, putting up primary challengers to those people, who are who are those candidates in the Republican Party? Oh, I mean, look, uh, Marjorie Taylor Greene certainly would be near the top of the list. Uh, I think Andy Biggs, the leader of the Freedom Caucus, would be another one. Uh, Jim Jordan, uh, Andy Gosar, and, and there are others, but. Uh, you know, those those efforts are already developing and um, and, and we'll, we'll see what opportunities present themselves. Evan McMullen, thank you so much for joining us. Uh, I really appreciate your time and your insights. Good luck with this endeavor. Uh, tomorrow at 10 a.m., my colleague Eugene Scott is going to interview Chicago Mayor Lori Lightfoot. And at 1.30, Race in America with Jonathan Capehart is going to be on the Post Live programming. His guests are the producer Lee Daniels and Andrew Day talking about their new film, The United States versus Billie Holiday. Have a great afternoon, everyone. Thanks so much for joining us today. Thanks for listening. To hear more interviews from this series and other Washington Post Live programs, visit us at WashingtonPostLive.com.